If I wasn't proud, then I wouldn't be powerful. If I wasn't proud, then I wouldn't be powerful. If I wasn't proud, then I wouldn't be powerful. If I wasn't proud, then I wouldn't be powerful. Yo, put your hands up. We don't do the gang signs. I'm proud. Let me show you how I bang mine. Wrong step, walking through a landmine. Even for the landlord, hang them like a clothesline. I smell fear, introduce it to my canine. Two canines, name it. I see the fear up in your eyes. I know you scared, don't bother. I'm screaming. Can't go forward, even follow. Our people look to us, our pride, you know we cannot swallow. And I gotta get mine, I won't respect my heart, it's still not hollow. And I gotta get mine, I won't respect my heart, it's still not hollow. And I gotta get mine, I won't respect my heart, it's still not hollow. If I wasn't proud, then I wouldn't be powerful. If I wasn't proud, then I wouldn't be powerful. If I wasn't proud, then I wouldn't be powerful. If I wasn't proud, then I wouldn't be powerful. Yo, put your hands up, we don't do the gang signs I'm proud, let me show you how I bang mine Put your hands up, we don't do the gang signs I'm proud, let me show you how I bang mine Good morning, this is Toph Welcome to another edition of Unpopular Hope everybody had a really good Thanksgiving weekend That was Pride and Powerful The uh, new team, theme from uh, the tag team in AEW It's a really good theme Problem is, I don't really think it fits heels Because it's kind of like a motivational message in a theme song So, like, I really like the theme But then, like, when it's over, I'm like, oh yeah, they're heels So, <laughs> anyway, good theme though uh, Today is December 6th 2019 uh wrestling world is crazy because uh, i pretty much had a lineup full of the things that we we're going to talk about today and literally like five minutes ago some more mlw news just broke so uh, you know how it is anyway um hope you guys are doing good uh the guest call number if you want to call in is 347-205-9868 that is uh, 347-205-9868 and uh, you can get my Twitter information at Toph Knows Best. And uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and just going to bring in JCD. Hey, morning, John. How's it going? Hey, what's up, dude? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, you know, usual stuff. Went to my parents, then went to my sister-in-law. And, uh, you know, it was good. You know, the kids had fun. And, you know, now... Now I'm full blown into Christmas. I was actually just outside finishing up my uh my lights and everything and uh mm. you know, hopefully FedEx comes and brings my uh light up Santa Mickey and Minnie today and I can put that, you know, where that needs to go and I'm actually done. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, my tree up. I got a lot of my decorations up. I just gotta like put the um a lot of decorations on it. Um I've been really, really. Uh, I, I, I just had like a, a kind of a big derp moment earlier this week. 
I don't know if you like listen to podcasts as a way to kill time, especially if you're just like doing chores in the house. And I just realized, wait a minute, I can listen to a podcast while decorating. And it made the process a lot easier. <laughs> so, you know, I never thought I could do that for Christmas. Usually I, I, I'll do, I'll listen to a podcast like if I'm doing laundry or raking leaves outside or something. But for some reason it never occurred to me, hey, you can do it while listening to Christmas stuff too. It's just there's always some kind yep. of Christmas carol. So I got to have like the music yeah. a little bit lower normal. So, um, oh, why don't you go ahead and uh, leave your Twitter information um, so folks can follow you if they need to. Uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, at, and this wasn't my choice, but whatever, at cdimmy1219. Um, you know, yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, uh, I'm kind of confused. I don't want to say floored because I don't think this would warrant that because given the history, you know, you're waiting for the bloody details to come out. Not bloody, but you know what I'm saying. Like the, okay, there's the reason why. But for those who don't know, and I think we'll just jump right into it. Um, MLW, yeah, like Tope said about maybe 10 minutes ago or so, give or take, announced that Teddy Hart has been released. Um, yeah, very confusing. Uh, I just I, I, I just started watching... I've been watching MLW for about three months now. I'm more familiar with it enough to talk about the product, and I can definitely say that Teddy is one of the more important guys there. Um, Himself, Brian Pillman Jr., and um, uh, uh, Davey Boy's kid. Davey Boy, yeah, Yeah. they're the New Heart Dynasty. They're a pretty uh, popular faction down there. And... um, the other day, Teddy lost one of the titles to one of the members of the of the uh, the Rascals. Uh, Injustice, I believe they call themselves. So, um, yeah, he just got released. They're not really offering any information. I know he used to have some issues in the past, but I heard that he had kind yeah, of toned so, down a bit. Yeah, supposedly he had. You know, it's funny we're we're on the PWP chat, and it's funny Todd actually just brought that up as well. Um, you know, mm-hmm. oh, you know, wasn't he a head case? But that was that was a couple of years ago. So, you know, the it was. was that, it was. You know, you know, yeah. Teddy had, you know, I don't know if it's because, you know, he was around the right people, like you know, like like uh, like Harry Smith and, and you know Pillman Jr. and all that. Mm-hmm. But you know, you really hadn't heard anything crazy about you know, you know Teddy for yeah. a really good chunk of time i mean you know it's just very and like you said he's such a big cog of that show and that company and what they're doing it really makes you wonder you know and and you hate to be that way you know i mean you know you hate to just say oh you know what you know what do you do now you know but yeah, and I'm on the I'm on the official MLW website right now, and um, there's like it's completely ambiguous. I'm on the official MLW website, and it just simply says the Major League Wrestling has come to terms on the release of Teddy Hart. Yeah, that's it. I don't see any of the usual, you know, best of luck in future endeavors or, you know, but anything I don't of the sort. Just... Well, that's the whole thing. And this is like the this is like the first time for MLW. Ah, having okay, to make an announcement like this, like when when they lost some of the talent they lost because of AEW, and, and this is not turning into an AEW thing, but 
they didn't give any statements like Pentagon and Phoenix. They didn't right, get a statement right. on them. Uh, so, uh, you know, right now he is currently that, 39 years old. He looks good. I, I thought he, I knew he was older. I thought he, he was like. He cleaned up. Like, Let me tell you something. He cleaned up, man. He, he, you know, for all the craziness and, you know, whatever that was in, contributed to, you know, whatever, you know, he got himself, he got himself into some really good, you know, I mean, 39 is not old. I'm going to be 43 in two weeks and I would kill to be in, right. you know, the shape mm-hmm. Petty Hart's in, you know. He 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 got himself in a physically he he looks fantastic and you know he's thirty nine and yeah ten twelve years ago when you know he was you know when when he was when he was kind of really starting to do his thing when the you know original you know heart. You know, this is the one thing I don't know if people forget or people don't know. You know, everyone just assumes that the Hart dynasty was always going to be, you know, Harry Smith and Tyson Kidd. That's not true. Right. Um, Teddy Hart was in OVW, and Teddy Hart was the original main guy of that faction down there. And then, you know... Teddy Hart happened, and I hate to put it that way, but that's just the reality of it. He got released, and then, you know, Tyson got inserted into the role, and down there, Natty became a little bit more of the figurehead and the mouthpiece, you know, for them. So it was like, you know, that that was, you know, Teddy, and Teddy, Teddy's another guy while he's in great shape size-wise, he's not the biggest guy in the world. You're never going to re- mistake him for Braun or Roman or, you know, guys like that. And at that time, while that was probably still a detriment, if you look at where the, where the entire business is now, with, even despite his size, with his build, he could be... You know, something, and, and that's what he was in MLW. And, and, you know, that's why until the, you know, the official details come out and, you know, something concrete comes out, this is going to be a head scratcher, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and, it, you know, I, I, you know, this this one, this one's weird. Until something comes out, you know, this is, this is a weird one, you know. Um Something about allegations, but I don't know what these allegations are. I'm on Twitter right what now. What do you see? Uh, okay. I'm just seeing something about someone said if the allegations are true, being fired is the last thing he should worry about, which doesn't sound good. But this person that is not, not saying what good, kind yeah. of. Right, but this person you know is what? not that's saying got, that's what. That's got to be. What, I, I, I don't, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't want to play one, but in today's day and age, that tells me that has something to do in a sexual nature. I hate to yeah, say it. I, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to go down a dark really road. Right. That, that kind of, that's, to me, that's what that sounds like. That's not, you know, oh, he got into a locker room fight with so-and-so, 
you know, whatever. That sounds like it's something serious, you know, and, and if, if that's the case, that's, it's going to be unfortunate, you know, and, you know, whatever, then I, I, I hate, and I'm not saying this to make light, but it goes back to what I said earlier. Teddy Hart just happened. Okay, well, I just left a comment. I just simply said, um, all I put was, uh, somebody fill me in. What are these allegations? I'm not familiar with this dude. Uh, send me a DM. Thanks. So I'm just going to leave it at that. And if I get a reply okay. at some and let's point see if you get show, some, Yeah, let's see if you get something, <clears throat> you know, right. um, that we, you know, that, that's, yeah, that's, well, that's probably yeah, the best well, thing you can do, talking, you know, with that. Yeah, since we're already talking about MLW, I'll just go over a few other MLW things that was uh, going on. I'm not going to click on this link because I don't want to spoil myself. Uh, MLW has been uh, building up uh, this tournament called the Opera Cup, and uh, they started doing it. They started taping it yesterday. And um, their newest episode, right now I'm on the official MLW YouTube account. Um, Their newest episode will premiere tomorrow, the 7th at 10 p.m. on YouTube. But once it airs on YouTube, you can click on it whenever you want. Usually what I do is uh, I usually watch it Sunday morning, kind of like, you know, like Livewire, you know, or uh, WWF Superstars. uh, I like like to watch some wrestling every Sunday morning. It's just one hour or two. So um, some other information about MLW is uh, uh, Chris Joseph, you know, we all know about him. He just just signed with MLW, and then he just recently left to go to WWE. Uh, MLW is not really giving any reasons for his departure. All I really know is that uh, he's going to be part of the creative staff in WWE. So um, but apparently I've there's no bad blood or anything. I heard unofficially he might be getting the SmackDown job. Okay. Well, apparently the departure was, you know, there was no salt or any negativity or anything. So, you know. Um, other news in MLW is uh, – I, I didn't really take it seriously, and um, I don't know if this was—I don't know if this was more like TNA's fault back in the day. But uh, King Mo has signed with MLW, and I remember when when he signed with TNA, but he never really did anything with TNA back then. He couldn't. But I don't know. If, right, right. I, it just seemed to me that actually, you know what King Mo did? You know what King Mo did? And God damn it, you're bringing me back to that place. He—he's the reason. <laughs> Rude and Storm never paid off the way it was supposed to. Yep. <laughs> you they had remember that, that. They had that big, what was it, last man standing or no holds barred or I quit match at Bound for Glory. Yeah. And it was, uh, all it was built around it was, uh, was the fact that Mo was the fucking special referee. And God right. damn it, God damn it, God damn it. I will what was never that? Uh, was, that was that was that 2012? I yeah. think it was. Yeah. It, yeah, was, it was 2012. Yeah. It yeah. was, and I will never forgive Dixie for fuck. That is the feud, and I've always said, "God damn it, fuck," you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is there is one feud. thing. There, there is, that is one thing that it? they did better. They did one thing. There was one thing that they did better, and um, I'm seeing some people. Uh, Compare it. Let me, let me put it this way: There was one thing that that TNA did good with um, with with Rude and Storm because in, in NXT, a lot of people compare Gargano and Champa to Rude and Storm. And as someone that well, we both watched TNA heavily, and we remember that period very well. The one thing that I thought that TNA did better 
over the Gargano Champa feud is yeah, Root did screw over Storm and Root did turn heel. But the thing that I thought they did better is once Root turned, he did more stuff as an individual with other people, and so did James Storm. Like I remember well, them both yeah, having the individual was, feuds. They, trying, they wanted to keep them apart. That was right. the whole thing. Whereas, like, they right. did one and match. They did one match like in April. And then they, they didn't did touch like each other for like the rest match. of the spring. Yeah, in April. They, and, right. and and remember now, Root turned on Storm in October. Yeah, October. yeah. There was, was a period right of time after, where they just right. There was yeah, a period of time they where they great, just like didn't touch. Because you know what they did? You know what they did? And and this was this was this was good. And this made sense. Before Rude turned on Storm to get the title, Storm beat Angle. To win the title, so it would make sense for Angle not to give a fuck about what's going on with Rude and Storm, but Angle would would want to go after Storm for taking the title from it. And they did this thing where uh, I, I I'm I think I got this, but um you know if I don't, it's not because it's just it's eight seven years ago, and I'm just I'm really trying to remember it. Storm, I think, was supposed to wrestle somebody on an impact. And he came out all, like, bloodied, and he was, like, wobbly and this and that. And they didn't know who attacked him. And, of course, they all assumed it was rude. And I think, like, a week or two later, Angle showed up and was like, you know, it was me. Like, Angle. Right, right, right. It came out that Angle attacked Storm. I don't remember how they got there, but it came out. So that kicked off a a Storm-Angle feud, which again made sense. So while that's going on, you needed to establish Rude as a top champion, so you know, as a heel and as a champion. So he went through, my favorite thing, he went through a ladder. Feuded with Hardy, feuded with AJ, you know, and then... Okay, he did a match with Storm, you know, and then, okay, Rude beat Storm under some shitty circumstances. Then Rude moved on to something else. Storm moved on to something else. Rude lost the title to Aries. And then it was like, all right, now it's time for me to really kick your ass. And it was all set at Bound for Glory. That match... That match was set for Bound for and then all of a sudden they brought King Mullen. And you know what pissed me off even more? Not just the fact that it was it circled all around King Mo, and Mo took a backseat to Storm and Rude. You know what the problem was too? It was on fucking second on that show. Yeah, that it was very dude, early. I remember that now. If We're, I'm remembering more right, as you're talking about it. <laughs> that feud, because this is one of my this is one of my things, Chris. You know, this, Jack Swagger, 2010, you know, obviously Dwayne. That's one of those, you know. this is one of the things that triggers you. <laughs> you get, you get yeah. triggered. It's one of your triggers, you know, yeah. Because, you know, we use the phrase all the time, it could print money. It would have. It would right. have. But, the, you know, Dixie, and this was Dixie's problem. It was all about, you know, I, I you know, I want to look at Hogan. I want to look at. 
King Mo. Dixie, I Dixie, Dixie one. would take, Dixie would take what, something that Hogan would say and and would take it literally, um, and then Hogan would try to spin it sometime after the fact. But I did like no, that, how they no, both that was did always the plan, thing. brother. That was always <laughs> right, the plan, right, right, right. Um, to me, yeah. that's the no. right. It, and, and to me, that's the one thing that kind of hurts the Gargano Champa thing is uh, Gargano's done a little bit more. On it, yeah, but looking back on it all these years later, I'm not saying Hogan was telling the truth, but if you look at it and the way it played out at the time for TNA, Rude going heel with the title actually made more sense and worked out better than it would have if Rude had beaten oh, Angle oh. straight up at Bound, at Bound for Glory. I, yeah, I know yeah. it was frustrating at the time because, I mean, you had Rude win Bound for Glory. You know, you did all this stuff, and you built Rude up, and it was like, yes, it's his time. He was, he, he was what was that, 2011? He had been with the company almost my, pretty much my, from my day problem one. Was, I, thought that Hogan, I thought that Hogan purposefully sabotage the match because I remember the semi-main event was Hogan's thing, which actually turned out to be decent. And, you know, the crowd got into it at the end when Immortal well, jumped yeah. Hogan. Well, yeah, the Immortal was jumping Sting, and Sting was asking for yeah, Hogan's and help. Hogan, and then Hogan, on, help me, Hogan help me, help up. me, and Hogan. Right, yeah. right, right. And then Hogan totally, yeah. like, stole the thunder because the main event immediately followed after that. Mm-hmm. And the match was just, it was just okay. And I thought that when the show was over, people weren't even talking about Root not but winning. They fair, were talking about Hogan. To be fair, if you gotta, you got to remember, too, Angle was very limited. He had that bad hamstring injury. <laughs> Yeah, his, I remember you he know, hurt. He was hurt. Right. To be fair, I think mm-hmm. if you get a healthy angle, you're right. It doesn't overtake the hype of what happened with Hogan and Sting. But I think as far as, like, what would have helped it would be the fact that the match probably would have been better, you know, had angle been healthy, you know, versus probably a 60% angle. Angle needed like a month for that to heal up. It, it was a while, you know, for him to for him to get better from that. I remember, you know, it took him a while. It wasn't your normal a couple of weeks, whatever. Like he wasn't even doing after he dropped the title of Storm. He didn't do TV. You know, that's when Impact used to tape like two, three nights in a row. He didn't. He they did that in the first taping. You didn't see him the rest of the time during the taping. That's how bad it was. So I think, to be fair, I think you're right. It wouldn't have overtaken the moment because, obviously, that was about Hogan and and all that. But I think it would have, as far as, like, the quality of what the match was, I think a healthy angle would have helped, you know, increase the the value of that a little bit more than than the way it is. The reason I was bringing it up a little bit. The reason I was bringing it up is because one of the disadvantages of the whole Gargano-Champa thing, more so for Champa than Gargano, but they're both guilty of it, is their feud or their story is similar to Root and Storm's, but one of the bigger things um, from a casual fan's perspective that hurts them is Gargano and Champa as singles guys, more so Champa than Gargano, they really have not done much with other people. Like yeah, but the problem, Ciampa you gotta right remember, now. Though, you got to remember, Ciampa was injured 
you know, right, but they the still, they still rely too much on it, though. I mean, they had, like, three takeover main events in a row. Like, they, they, mm-hmm. they rode that feud a little a mm-hmm. little too much, in my opinion. To me, two takeover matches should have been fine, but they did three. I, I believe they did three in a row. That was – that feud went on a little too long um, for my taste. And not, not just that. I think their first match was, like – wasn't it, like, a street fight or something? It was weird. Like, yeah. their first match was a street fight. And usually street fights in the feud, and it was like they did a street fight, and then they they like they did two more matches. It was like why? It reminded me a lot. What did they do? One. I think they only hmm? did two matches. I don't think they did three. Maybe they had a maybe they had a match on maybe they had like a brawl on an NXT taping because I remember them having like an extended brawl somewhere. Um, they might have just had but, a segment. I don't think they've had three matches. Yeah, like, it may have been. They had two. I know. I'm, yeah, I know they at least had two. It, it reminds me yeah. a lot of the because because one of the things about two thousand uh, two thousand two and two thousand three I hated. Um, the matches were good. I'm not denying that, but Benoit and Michaels. I'm uh, not not Benoit Michaels. I'm sorry. Michaels and, and Triple Angle. H had way way too many matches. They had um. They what had. They, do? They, they, they had the uh, non-sanctioned street fight at SummerSlam. Then there was two. the. Uh, then there was the elimination chamber, where mm-hmm. where Sean won, and then there was the last man standing at the Royal Rumble, which turned out to be a draw. No, you're missing one. You're missing three well, stages I, of hell. There was, oh my God. There was a. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. I knew. I knew Sean dropped the belt back to Triple H. So there was the three yeah. stages of hell in December. Then there was the uh, last man standing in January. Um, so at that no, point, that was, that was like four. Though they went in, to be fair. I mean, little bits here and there, but as far as straight up, they pretty much went 0-3 without touching each other straight up. Because Michaels feuded right. with Jericho. Then Nash came back. So, yeah, there were tag matches, but, you know, then there was like that SummerSlam uh, elimination <clears throat> chamber match. They didn't touch again until, like, December to set up the Royal Rumble match. Right and, where I, right, and then where I tuned out was, uh, I remember they had a uh, Hell in a Cell of Bad Blood, and the match was like literally an hour, and I remember at that point I was like, come on, man. <laughs> I was I was done <laughs> with that feud. They did those matches a little too much. I did like that street fight in SummerSlam, though. That was a good match. Um, I was there. Was let me tell really you something. I was at SummerSlam 02, and let me tell you something. That that place was jumping for that match. Right? Didn't, didn't no one he, um, Yeah, didn't he? Uh, didn't he go in with the impression that that was like a one-off, Sean? That mm-hmm. is. Mhm. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can see why. I can see why he was thinking that. All right, I got some information here. I definitely. This is too much to, to just read out loud. Uh, I got to do some research, but honestly, this just looks like one of those things that I probably. Uh, not to be funny. This just seems like one of those matrix, how far does the rabbit hole go? All I know yeah. is is that apparently Teddy Hart is good friends with um, this professional wrestler whose name is familiar to me, uh, Chasen Rance, that's C-H-A-S-Y-N-R-A-N-C-E. And I'm like, why does that name sound familiar? And then I remember... That's the dude that uh, fans gave Kenny Omega grief over when they did Fighter Fest, where I believe this guy worked like a dark match or something. 
And then people were tweeting at Kenny in real life saying that this guy was a sex offender and Kenny had no clue. Um, and apparently he has, like, a wrestling school where there's been, like, sexual allegations of him taking advantage of younger females. And apparently uh, Teddy Hart yeah, is good friends bad. with him. This is just, this is just uh, bad. Right, right, right. Uh, apparently Teddy Hart's, like, ex-girlfriend went missing or something. Uh, Izzy? The the Bailey fangirl is one of the girls who has like yeah this just I, I this doesn't Wait, look good what what Izzy Izzy did is t- one you know Izzy does indie stuff right Izzy is one of the girls that has she's one of the girls who said on social media that the allegation stories about this guy are true. Um, not not Teddy, but this Chasson guy. But basically, uh-huh. he's partners with with Teddy. So um, this just this does not look good. Uh, no. This is this sounds. This is like, yeah. Bad. I I got to do more research on this, but honestly, I don't want to. This this looks like some TMZ like worst case scenario kind of thing. All I know is that he's been arrest- he has been arrested for. Uh, molesting teenagers before uh, he was arrested in 2010, and uh, Kenny oh, had no clue about this guy. Oh, the other guy. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, right, right. But Teddy is good friends with this guy. They've trained together. Um, this just doesn't look good at all. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to do some serious research on this. Yeah, we're gonna um, let's let's I, leave that until because that's also the type of thing that you know can go either not go either way, but. Facts need to be facts, so let's hold off on that because you don't want to say the wrong thing and then it turns out, you know. So let let let's right. hold off on. But yeah, this sounds potentially bad. All right. Um, what I have right here in front of me is uh, I have the card for NWA's Into the Fire. I did say earlier uh, a few months ago that as we approached closer to this pay per view, that we would talk about it. This pay per view would be on December fourteenth. That is uh, next week, I believe. That is going to be Saturday? Yeah, that, that's Saturday? next Saturday. Yeah, ne- okay. next Saturday. Next Saturday. Uh, it's going to be on the Fight app, um, which I, I recently did just uh, download. So I do have the Fight app, and um, I believe it, it had like a special Black Friday sale price of nine ninety nine, and then uh, once the sale price expired, now the sale price is nineteen ninety nine, which is Fair. That's a fair price for a pay-per-view, twenty dollars. Um, some would say maybe a little bit lower, but twenty bucks isn't isn't that big of a deal. So uh, they only have six matches. So um, right right now they're keeping the pay-per-view formula very similar to their power tapings. It will continue to be in GBS Studios. They're going to stay there, so they still want to give it that classic look. And um, you know, so right now uh, here is the current card for NWA Power. We got the first match, we got the question mark versus Trevor Murdoch. Uh, the second match on the card, we have uh, Eli Drake versus Ken Anderson. For the uh, third match on the card, we have the NWA Women's Champion, Allison Kay and Ashley Vox. And she's going to be fighting um, one of these three in a combination tag team. There's Melina, Thunder Rosa, and Marty Bell. So Melina has like a faction. And so they'll be uh, Allison K and Ashley Vox will be fighting two of the three, but we don't know which one of the three that of the of three they'll be fighting. So it's kind of like they're taking advantage of the wild card rule. 
Uh, there's going to be a triple threat match for the NWA National Championship. Uh, Cole Cabana will be defending the NWA National Championship against Aaron Stevens and Ricky Starks. The Rock and Roll Express, this is so crazy. <laughs> They're tag team champions. Yeah. They're going to be defending the NWA Tag Team Championships against uh, the Wild Cards. And, of course, the main event, pretty interesting. We have uh, Nick Aldis defending the NWA Championship against James Storm. And uh, the cool thing about this match is it's going to be two out of three falls, and uh, each fall will have a different referee. Uh, Brian Hebert will be the referee in the first fall, while Tim Storm will be the referee in the second fall, which to me is kind of cool. And if it comes down to a third fall, I don't exactly know who the referee is. I just feel like Tim Storm being a referee, like even though he's like one of the best good guys that they have there, and there's that's the whole the, Mama Storm dream, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's just dreams. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's the old school heat in me, but I just feel like uh, Tim's gonna screw over Nick. That's what my gut's telling me because yeah. uh, Nick even said himself in the interview that um that uh oh, what's her name the one that the chick that always comes to the ring with Nick um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she yeah she's not gonna that. be with him. Yeah, she's yeah he he already said in an interview she's not gonna come to the ring with him. And and Nick has said in the interviews that the only reason she comes to the ring with him is that she's his insurance policy. I like the way Nick says that because he says mm-hmm. that like because the reason Cody beat him was because Cody had Brandy with him in his matches and she and he was like Brandy was Cody's insurance policy and so he wants his own insurance policy. I, I feel like Tim's going to fuck him over. It reminds me of that WrestleMania yeah. 10 forgotten spot where, uh, what was it? Was it was it Mr. Perfect as the referee who screwed over Luger? You, ne- you never touched the official. You never touched the official. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. Luger like, Luger, like, pushed him or something. Or, like, they were in the corner, and Perfect was doing, like, the 10-count thing, and Luger just, like, put his hand out on him. Touched the shelf and perfectly looked out oh, like. Yeah, yeah. I, remember the, I remember the. I remember Matt's. I remember was chanting like bullshit. With the interview, with the interview, and they were like, "What? Why? Why?" And Perfect was like, "You never touched the official." <laughs> right. Yeah, Tim Storm's gonna do something like that. Like Aldis yeah, is gonna I like accidentally like. Aldis is gonna like accidentally like throw a get ready to throw a punch and his elbow is gonna like graze Storm and Storm's gonna DQ him without a doubt. Yeah, I can I can see that. So um, I might I might save up some money and, and give it a shot. Um, hopefully this goes well. Right now I have an update for the uh, tag league for New Japan. It's about to end and as usual, uh, you know the Gorillas of Destiny. They're they got 24 points. The other two teams are Evil and Sonata with 26 points. And the other team, surprisingly, is uh, Juice Robinson and David Finlay with 24 points. So, obviously, Evil and Sonata or Juice Robinson and David Finlay will win. Now, because Wrestle Kingdom is um, two nights, then that could essentially mean, like, Juice could compete for the U.S. title one night and then compete for the tag titles the next night if, that if official, they win. Is that official, by the way? Juice what, was and Archer? Official? Juice and uh, Archer? No it's, 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 no, it's not official yet. But they could still okay. do the match because since since Wrestle Kingdom is, is two nights now. Now, New Japan um, has been under some criticism lately. 
and um, this isn't really part of the um, of my um, agenda here, but I, I, I have uh, really just a just a minor nitpick to say. Evil and Sonata, well, just those two in particular. One of the things about New Japan right now is kind of like the women's division in WWE. They've established their big four or big five. Let's see, their big four now is Sokata, Ibushi, Naito, um, Jay White. That's fair. With Tanahashi sort of like in the mix. They, they've established yeah. their main event scene good. The issue with New Japan is is like the upper mid card scene is like the same dudes that bust their ass all year, like uh, Ishii, Goto, Evil, Sonata. Even guys I don't care about, like Zack Sabre Jr., I'll go ahead and put him in the mix, Juice. Um, and it's like, you know, they have good showings in G1, and they have, like, you know, title matches. But then come Wrestle Kingdom, it's like New Japan has nothing for them. Like, I've been watching New Japan for, like, the past five years now, and come Wrestle Kingdom, it's like all those names I just said, they're either, like, in the New Japan Rumble or they're just in some filler tag match. And mm-hmm. I feel like their mid-card scene is stagnant, and I'm like, what's the problem? What's the problem? What's the problem? And then it hit me. It's been right in front of my face the whole time. Even WWE has this figured out. And when WWE has this figured out and you don't, I have to put my foot down. So New Japan has a mid-card belt, and their mid-card belt is the Intercontinental Championship. And then I realized right. what the issue here is. The issue here is, since Nakamura left, the Intercontinental title is still on the big guys. Okay, so this is how it went after Nakamura left. When Nakamura it left, um, oh, it was Omega, which was fine because Omega was a junior, and so in, they needed didn't, to build him up. Then randomly, didn't he like then randomly lose it to like Elgin? Elgin, yeah, he did lose it to Elgin. It was a ladder match, I believe, which was fine. He lost it to Elgin. And then and that was fine. And then Elgin lost it to Naito. Once Naito won the title, that's when this belt has been stuck. Since Naito beat Elgin, since then it, the Intercontinental title has been on on your main event guys. First Naito was champion, then Tanahashi was champion, then Naito was champion again, and then Chris Jericho. Jericho was champion. Then Jericho was champion, and then Jericho lost it to Naito. And then now Jay White is champion. And so what I'm trying to say is is that the Intercontinental yeah. title is supposed to be like a, a mid-card belt to it's sort of help somebody get – right, right, right. They're, they're, they're not giving it to anyone that needs the belt. Like the you pro- would think that by is, now. The problem is, too, look at what the Wrestle Kingdom's being built around. So it's not even right. like you're going to have that, you know – that mm-hmm. sixth match on the show for the Intercontinental title, which could be your show stealer because right. it's it's tied up. You know, you're not getting, right. you know, I'm just throwing names out here, David Finley and, you know, Ishii a chance to really compete for something. I'm just throwing guys out here. You know, right. for something that matters, you know, for that title because, Oh no 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 no! You know that title is built around you know the main event and everything, and yeah, that that's what it is. Yeah, you that's you would think is. that by now certain guys like Evil, Sonata, Juice, even <laughs> Zack Saber Jr., Taishi, 
Shingo, Goto, you would think that one of them would have been like intercontinental champion by you know now, but like they're, but they're and, not. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. This is just what I think from what I see from it, but you see a lot more than I do, obviously. Are they quietly trying to transition that never title into that role? Because I feel like that's bouncing around a little more. Um, like, didn't Sabre Zach have it? I could see that becoming the, the belt. The, the never title you is can supposed me if to I'm be. Wrong, but... The, the Never title originally was supposed to be, like, this strong style belt, like, for the stiff people, like Shibata, right. Goto, Suzuki, Ishii. Right. But then after Shibata got hurt, they went they through this phase where... the idea where, behind they, it, right? Right. So now what the belt is, and I'm I'm really just thinking, I'm I'm blaming Kenny leaving more than anything, now what they're doing with the Never title is they're sort of using the Never belt as a transitionary belt because the way the Never belt works is anybody can challenge for it. A junior weight can challenge for it. A heavyweight can, ta- can challenge for it. A guy who's traditionally known as a tag team guy can challenge for it. So now what okay. the Never title is, it's like they're using it as the belt to transition somebody out of certain – Out of like, okay, role. Okay. Ospreys, Right, like Will Ospreay was a junior weight, and then he beat Ibushi for it, and he was never champion. And then after Ospreay beat Ibushi, all of a sudden you're seeing Ospreay have matches against, okay. like, Okada, Tanahashi. It's like they're okay. trying to slowly transition him, like, into a heavyweight, sort of. Okay. I, I consider the Never title, like, kind of like an experimental belt, sort of. It's kind of like a European almost title, like but... The TV t- almost like what the TV title yeah. was in, in WCW. Right. You know, kinda if like they that. wanted to see where a guy was going to go, you know, maybe not towards right. the end with the TV title, but you you would start with the TV title, and if you had, like, a good run with that, then eventually you'd get the U.S. title, and then they right, would see right. where you go from there. Because that's, like, how Austin started. He beat Bobby Eden for the TV title. I think he held the title for, like, a year. Yeah, he held it for you know, a long and then, time. Yeah eventually, long moved time. Up, yeah, eventually moved to the U.S. title. And, yeah, I, I – okay, that, that's uh, – a. You know that's a good way to look at it. I, I I can get I can I can get with that. Right. I I get that. But I think I think definitely going into 2020, the one thing that I would like to see from New Japan is um right now I'm just I'm just kind of up like I, like I said like even even WWE has this figured out like WWE they may they may have certain people stuck at a certain level like Ziggler for instance that sucks but like at least with, with WWE you do know, like, who is intercontinental title level? Who is U.S. Right. title level? Like, you know who is of that level. But with New Japan, right. like if you, if, there are if guys. If Nakamura turned face and needed a feud after Zayn over the IC title, and he feuded with Ziggler, you wouldn't. Right. It wouldn't be like, what the fuck? Like, it would be like, it may not right. be. Right. Like, there's certain. But at like, least it there's certain. Be, it's like, okay, you know what? This at least. I get it. I may not. I may not be a big fan of it, but I get right. it. Right. Right. Like there's certain names yeah. on SmackDown right now. Like if you were to do Nakamura versus Ali for the inter. I'm sorry. Um, right. Ali. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, right. If you were yeah. to do that, Nakamura then that would that would make Ali, sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, or if you were to do AJ Styles, oh, I'm sorry, if you were to do Ray Ray versus uh, Ricochet, like, mm-hmm. that would make sense, sort of, you know. Right. New Japan, one thing I want to see going into 2020 is I I, I want to, in, in New Japan, it's like there's there's upper mid-card guys like Evil, Sonata, Juice, Ishii, Goto, Taishi, even Zack Sabre Jr., who I'm not that much of a fan of, but he's 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 been there for a while. There's just certain upper mm-hmm. car guys, and you're just kind of waiting for them to get to that next level. You know what, I'm, and I, feel you know like, what I need to see with New Japan? And I, I, I'm curious on it, but I'm not going to lie. I'm also a little nervous about how they, how they can pull this off, especially with who's involved here. Once you get past everything with Wrestle Kingdom, okay, and assuming you don't do a hot shot change at, at Dash, okay, let's say it's January 8th. Okay, and whoever wins still has both titles. Now, they're going to be treated like separate champions, separate championships. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're the, right, you'll defend the IC title right. one day and you'll defend the world title the, possibly that, on the same show or whatever. That's the plan, and unless something changes, but that's the current plan right now. What, yeah. What I don't want to see, and this might be, you know, an unfavorable take, but I think because eventually you've got to get this belt back to where it was and what it was meant to be. Whenever whoever it's going to be loses the IC title, I know this is such an easy thing to do, but you gotta, I think you got to stay away from it. I don't want to see that then transition into, well, now he's got a feud with him for the world title. Because then the IC title is still going to be stuck in that spot where it's not right. doing anything. Because now, you you know, whoever it is beats so-and-so for the IC title. Oh, well, now I'm going to go for the world title and beat him. The IC title is not doing anything. And then on top of that, whoever right. is the next eventual IC champion is going to end up losing anyway to whoever the world champion is. Because that's the way you play that story out nine times out of ten. You know, you end up winning when it's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, Basically, this, this belt hasn't been... Go down that road because you're going to be at right. April and the IC title is going to be stuck. Basically, this belt hasn't been the same since Knock left. And yeah. when Knock was Intercontinental Champion... Well, no, not since um, Knock left he, since Knock didn't put over Omega. That, that's right, right. It's, right, but not just, not just that. The but, but, thing, the, but the cool thing that Nakamura did when he was Intercontinental Champion was when he was champion... They were Nakamura was like the most over guy in the company when he was there. Mm-hmm. But New Japan wanted to build Okada. So what Nakamura was like, he was like, okay, instead of challenging Okada, which is what the fans wanted him to do, he's like, I'm just going to defend this championship against all young up-and-coming guys. And that's what he did. He had matches like yeah. with Ibushi. I remember Shelton Benjamin was there for a brief period. He had a few matches with him. Like Nakamura, he just he did, all he did was he just defended the belt against like all the young up and coming guys. He would beat them, but like when Nakamura beat them, you knew after the match like oh this guy's going to be a big star one day. You, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like you know, right. sort of like and, the and whole. Listen, Omega didn't. Obviously, Omega didn't need that. You know. Right. Um, it worked out for him in the end, but it would have helped. But, yeah, exactly. Like, the whole thing that, okay, Nakamura was leaving, the, you know, those guys were leaving. AJ, you know, did his bow after he took his beating. 
couple of weeks later, Gallows and Anderson did the same thing. Instead, mm-hmm. Nakamura gets a press conference and just gets to hand over the belt. Like, how do you not just, you know, hot shot Omega Nakamura and have Omega beat him? I mean, Omega pinned him in the tag match. Where, you know, why are you not I, – I, that's the one thing. And like I said, Omega, you know, ended up not needing it, obviously. But I think for where that title is, I think to have that as part of the lineage, I think mm. it would have helped. Right. All right, right here for um, – yeah. see, I got this crushed out. I got this crushed out. All right, next, next topic. I want to talk about – hang be... on. I got something before you go into your next item. I want to okay. talk about something that's been bothering me, and I've seen it's starting to get legs on Twitter. And it seems when it does, of course, the vultures come out and you know deny, 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 and you know bully, bully, bully until it goes away. But I'm sorry, it's a real thing, and maybe I'm just noticing it now because I'm seeing them on TV every week. But the Young Bucks and some of the spot no-selling and whatever is fucking horrible. Which uh, spot spot are we talking about again? I'm going to tell you about the two. The, The two that are sticking out, and people started calling it out on Twitter. And, of course, you know, oh, you know, how dare you, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you watch the match with Private Party, there's a spot where Nick Jackson gets Private. double super kicked. He oh, okay. basically no-sells the double super kick to go outside to get in position for, you know, the, what is that, Conholio over the top rope? Mm-hmm. And then the spot with Matt and Sammy last week. Where Matt's down, Sammy's getting up, going up to the top. His move, Nick just pops up. I mean, Matt just pops up and super kicks him. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I I'm not on the board of the people that say all oh, the young bucks are just super kick, super kick, super kick. I yeah, they're not. They're down to on tell that. you. I'll be the first to tell you that is not how a Young Bucks match goes anymore. Right. But if you want to, not you specifically, but if there are people that say a Young Bucks match is all about the next spot lately, that's holding some weight. And I, I, to me, I don't know, like I'm I just, said, maybe, I'm just, maybe I'm just it's immune because to it. I'm like trying one to thing that's every been... week. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not, you know, saying the Young Bucks or anything. I'm not saying that at all, but I just feel like it. It kind of, I don't know. It, well, it, to me, I'm I'm just immune to it because one thing that's kind of like annoying me lately. I've been very quiet about it, and I like the guy. Um, you know, um, I like the guy, and it's not just him that's doing it. I'm seeing more and more people doing it. But um, one thing I've been kind of like rolling my eyes over is when I was in, when I was watching old school like NWA TNA. One of my favorite guys to watch was uh, Petey Williams, mainly because no one did the Canadian Destroyer. That oh, was one of my favorite moves. It's basically becoming right, a right. super kick. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this Destroyer is a setup move. And, and I like Adam Cole. 
it's like right. I like Adam Cole, but he he spams the move a lot, and I I know Pentagon did the move sometimes mm-hmm. and Lucha on the ground, but now when I see him on AEW, he does the move like every match. Adam uh-huh. Cole, he spams the move like literally spams the move like that match he had with Johnny Gargano, yep. the first one. He literally went for it mm-hmm. like four times in a yep. match. Yeah, and oh yeah, the move I'm like the, the move. The destroy has become the new like headlock, like it's yeah. ridiculous. I watched yeah, something. Yeah. What company? I watched something, and somebody else did it like mid match randomly, and it was like no big deal. It wasn't AEW. It wasn't NXT or WWE. I mm-hmm. it wasn't Impact because I'm sure it would have been PD if it was Impact. I forget what I was watching. Might have been MLB. What I've been, I have been on. And it was well, literally about done the, like mid match, and Chris, right. you would have thought it was like just like a an arm bar. Yeah, I think wasn't there like an avalanche destroyer, like where Adam hit it on Gargano on top of the cage, and like Gargano kicked out or something like that. Um, I'm pretty sure that happened. I think with the Young Bucks, what I noticed about them is when they have the big pay per view matches, they tone down on that, like the match against uh, Pride and yeah, Powerful. But, none, none of that. Yeah, but the, um, the matches is, they had. Yeah, but, it's not even about that. Like, look, their style is their style, and, and that works for them. And especially, you could tell that's kind of the theme of their tag division. It's that car crash, you know, boom, boom, boom style, which is fine. It, it's fine. That's, that's not the issue. But it's like, I don't know if it's just, I don't know. I don't know if they've always done it. I just never know. But. And like I said, people on Twitter. Are I think it's. I think out. it's more of what you just said. I think it's more of a. You see them every week now, so it's not as noticeable. But that's not good, though. That's not good. Like, you know, like I said, like Private Party hits you with a double super kick. You don't even go down and like flop out of the ring. You go down, you get up, and then you run out of the ring to stand and get in position because this guy's coming off the top rope. That's. Mm. Something's missing there. Well, you know? surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, at the very least, um, at least they're not like pushing themselves, <laughs> you know. So they're not like focused no, I'm not, on. No, I'm not talking about yeah, that's cool. not what I'm talking about, though. I'm not talking about that, you know, anything like that. I'm just saying that, you know, this is becoming a theme. And like I said, mm-hmm. it could just be that I'm seeing them a lot more now. And now, you know, and because, you know, a lot of other people are seeing them a lot more, people are noticing it. But I just think, uh, to me, I just think it's a bad, you know, it's... Oh, it's, it's fine. It's Everybody has their own... Like oh, no, that's fine. Like, Everybody has their own thing that they notice. Like, one thing that I've noticed, too, and I see that Corey Graves is getting... Well, Corey Graves always gives heat over stuff. But one thing I've seen Corey Graves talk about is um on his podcast, which I don't listen to, but... um. Corey's complaining about Charlotte saying how he misses the queen and he feels that she's been an autopilot lately. And um, I've been respectful about this. And um, I've said this all year. I've said this whole year that um, I've noticed that Charlotte has been, and I'm being respectful here. She's been very off. She bleeds a lot in her matches, I can I can off the top of my well, head, I, mean, I can recall like your, four to five matches got, where she's 
her face right. is all plastic and but whatever not, now. So, but but not not just that, not just that. Like I've seen her have matches on TV where it just looks like she just doesn't want to be there. But on pay per view, that when she has a, but, when she has a big match on pay per view, she'll deliver. Like the few a few weeks ago, yeah. I know I know exactly what it was. Like it was the Raw after the Saudi show. It was Charlotte and Natty against the Kabuki Warriors, and for whatever fucking reason, Natty made Oscar tap out, and a lot of people were pissed. I wasn't mad at that. What I was mad at was Natty put Oscar in the sharpshooter, and there was this spot where Charlotte was just outside the ring, and she was just standing there, and it was like, what the hell? She just looked totally disinterested, like she just wouldn't want to be anywhere else but there. Maybe she missed Almas. Maybe she's got some person. I don't know. But when she's on pay-per-view, she's fine. Every time I see her on pay-per-view, she's fine. But, like, on television this year, she's just looked off. But some people have told me she looks the same to me, and they don't see it, you know. Nah, she, so, yeah, so, so something, something two plus two is not equaling four. Right, right. But the reason her, I was bringing I that up is because – Right, right, but the reason I was bringing it up is because it just shows you that, like, some wrestling fans are just observant, you know? Like, so I've never, like, some of the things you're saying about the Young Bucks, I haven't observed that. But that's probably well, not, because yeah, but, yeah, it's not I, like they're I being featured. I want to be clear with this, though. I want to be clear about this. I'm not shitting on anything. This is not an right. anti-AEW or an anti, you know, Buck thing. It's just I've noticed this, and for me, that's not my – I don't – that's not my right. cup of tea, I guess, would be the way to say it. I just it's feel just like... one of those things. It's just it's just one of those things that's happening. Yeah, like yeah, one I'm thing that uh, it, that Steve Austin know... complains about is the DDT just became a transitionary move. It is what it yeah. is. And now we're kind of at the point, like a few years ago, okay, let, let me rephrase this. Like in, in the ruthless aggression era to like the PG era, the DDT just became another move. And then like mm-hmm. in the early 2010s, the super kick just became another move. And now yep. we're like in this era where like the destroyer is just becoming you know another move. It became just another move when Michael's retired. Yeah. That's why I've always liked James Storm because James Storm is one of the few people that legit still uses the super kick as yeah. a finisher. And he's that's got a good became, super kick too. What, yeah, oh Storm's super kick is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, very good super kick. Very good super kick. Yeah. That other guy too, um the, I I don't know his name. Um he's a Samoan. He makes an appearance on NXT sometimes. I think he's part of Evolve. He was part of the Cruiserweight Classic. He he was the one that lost to Ibushi in the first match. Is uh, that I can Sean see his face. Yeah, he's Sean got a good Malta super guy? kick as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a he's mm-hmm. got a really good super kick and that's his finisher. So there's still some folks out there that still use it as a uh as a finisher. So, okay, here's what um Oof, this is not good. <laughs> I mean, it's what? Corey Graves, so I don't I don't feel that sorry for him. Uh this is Corey what? getting absolutely destroyed on Twitter. So uh someone took the tweet that Corey said where he said uh <laughs> someone took the, the clip where uh Corey said uh he wishes that Charlotte would be the queen again and this is just a random fan, so this isn't like anyone important, but this is getting a lot of retweets. It says ten time women's champion in four years had two WrestleMania moments, ended Asuka's streak, ended Asuka's championship weeks before the WrestleMania pay-per-view. Asuka's then added to the pre-show. 
Becky versus Ronda was the hottest feud going into WrestleMania, and then Charlotte was added for no reason. If you notice, every match Charlotte has competed in at WrestleMania has been for the Raw or SmackDown Women's Championship in four straight years. Charlotte deserves better. Now you know what it feels like to sit in the back seat, just like Sasha. Cry me a fucking river. Shut the fuck up, Grace. Oof. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Jeez, maybe, uh, yeah, um... Yeah, yeah but I got I, nothing I, there. You know, that could also be <laughs> just a case no- of talking about like what we were talking about. You know yeah. that she needs yeah. to. Well, you know, I mean, I think that's taken a little. That well, might to me, been, it's the Randy Orton. It's, it's the Randy Orton issue when you've won the belt that oh many God, times so Randy early Orton. in your career. Oh. Yeah, yeah. When when you've won the belt that many times so early in your career, you can only go down. I'm sorry. You only yeah. go down. That's the problem, the problem with being the too, youngest of anything. The problem is, too, you're heading somewhere with Charlotte that's going to be very weird. And I know it's December, and there's not a lot of time, but there still is time. What do you do with her at WrestleMania? To me, Becky's either face. Becky's either facing Ronda or she's facing AJ. That that's what I, I honestly just, think I Becky's. Just, I just say put Charlotte in the Charlotte? battle rail. Put her in the battle rail and make her do something with it. You know. They that's the problem. That. The kind of gimmick. The, the kind of gimmick that she has, like she's clearly a singles person. Like she just doesn't work in a team. You know. So I, I know I know that Randy was just trolling. You know, Randy kept making fans think that he was going to go to AEW. I knew he wasn't. But, like, one of the reasons why I want Randy out of WWE, and, you know, obviously it's a new point now because he signed, I want Randy out of WWE because there's nothing he can do. He's done everything. He's been face. He's been heel. He's won every title. He's There's nothing for him to do. All yeah, he can do what, really though? at this point is just work with other people I'll, and help put I'll them over, Randy, which is cool. I'll, yeah, I'll, and I'll take this version of Randy Orton working with the young guys and help giving yeah. them rubs and getting them over. I'll take that. That's what guys like him, and to his credit, well, that's what Jericho's doing. Okay. Well, I, I guess that Randy's. Doing. Well, what what helps Randy is he just has more folks to work with, and what hurts Charlotte and the women's division in particular. I guess this exactly. is a good segue since, since we can talk about them. Since NXT is a brand now, I, I have to keep saying there's this no over and over up. again. Yeah, there's no right, right, right. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. the division is just really like okay, like I know it that Sasha and Carmella are. Right, I know that Sasha and Carmella are just, you know, they're working in the context of the story, but I still feel like this isn't a good look. So last last um, Saturday or Sunday, um, Sasha basically tweeted something where she said, um, the women's division sucks. And then Carmella was like, but you and your best friend are on top of this division. That still sucks. And I know they're working the story. Like so, I get that this is just you know this is this is a story kayfabe thing, but still like having two of your top talents on SmackDown openly admitting that the division sucks on social media like to me that's not a good look. But um, for me, the the issue with the women's division is is pretty is pretty simple. Like they've done a great job building up their top girls. It's kind of like New Japan has done a great job building their top guys. It's the same, it's the you same know, they, problem. They, they have like four or five, right. and that's 
And that's it. That's it. They haven't built up anybody else. It's just ever since they brought back the brand split credit, in 2016. To their credit, they've done mm-hmm. a hell of a job with Oscar. With the heel. Yeah, we, they've done a yeah, hell of a job yeah, rebuilding yeah. her. And it's stuff like right, that. Right. And I said this about, you know, Braun a few years ago and even Nia. It pisses me off because when they want to, they They'll can do something take with you. Exactly, and they could take almost a year and a half worth of shit for Oscar, and yet we remember it because we still talk about it, but as far as the context of her character goes, the, this little mini feud that she's got with Charlotte right now, the fact that they're bringing up what happened at WrestleMania 34, and the fact that they're bringing up what happened earlier this year, and that's what's got Oscar pissed. Okay, that that works. It's not shitting on Oscar. It's not burying Oscar. It's explaining why why does why is Oscar keep green misting Charlotte? Well, you know, Charlotte ended her streak at WrestleMania last year, and you know, a week before WrestleMania, Charlotte, um, you know, took the SmackDown Women's Title from her. So naturally, Oscar hates Charlotte. That makes sense. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense. And that's what pisses me off. When they want to, they can get into you and fucking build when it, when it fits their, around you so much. That when it fits the know, narrative and, that and they want to tell, they'll do it. You know who else is quietly benefiting from this? Like a million bucks? is Carrie Dane. Who? Carrie. Oh, oh, Carrie, Carrie. Yeah. Well, yeah. It wasn't like they were using her poorly, but they weren't using her good either. She was just kind of there. Well, you know but what? She's, she's, she's going to come – at the end of the day, her, she's going to be able to say her and Oscar beat Becky and Charlotte. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carrie rolled up uh, Becky a few weeks ago. You know? Yeah. It's not just mm-hmm. about Oscar. It's about Zane, Zane, too. And that's what's so infuriating sometimes. When they want to – they can fucking make you out to be gold at the snap of a finger, and I don't understand why they don't do it, why they can't do All the it time. more often. Yeah, to me, I've always you know? said this before, like, the WWE is the, no pun intended, it's the tale of two tales, you know. To me, one of the most confusing things that will forever be in, in WWE for me is one of their best pay-per-views of the modern era is right next to one of their worst pay-per-views of all time. In 2011, they did Capital Punishment, which was a one-time thing, was in Washington, D.C., was, was, was one of the worst shows of the modern era and one mm-hmm. of the worst shows they ever did. And literally the very next pay-per-view, Money in the Bank 2011, one of the best pay-per-views, not just of the mm-hmm. modern era, but one of the best of pay-per-views time. ever. And it's like, how do you have one of the worst pay-per-views right next to one of the best pay-per-views? And, and that just shows you that when they really want to, they can tell compelling storylines and they can have yeah. really great matches. You know, um, you know when, what else I remember mm-hmm. when you when Capital Punishment is a show when you just have to have a show every month, which you don't need. Yeah, Money in the Bank yeah, is you don't a show need that needs to happen. That should have been the, the poster child for why even 10 pay-per-views a year would have been fine. 
take a month off in the beginning of the year and take, you know, October off, you know, in the fall, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's what, you know, yeah, it's, it's so, you know, <laughs> I don't know. What, yeah, what, what, Charlotte, what was, what was really a big takeaway for me when when the, when Money in the Bank 2011 was was so good, it wasn't even the CM Punk stuff that really kind of I caught my interest back that. then. That show, but, everyone remembers that show for Punk Cena and all that stuff. But, but if that you whole look show at was the great. Rest of that show, that show was fucking yeah, yeah. good, man. That the whole show was great. Good. Right. What I what I took away you know, the most from that show, that was really when my opinion on WrestleMania started to change because WrestleMania that year was trash too. That one also wasn't that good. It wasn't must see. And after that show happened, that was when I realized that WWE no longer prioritized WrestleMania as the best show of the year anymore. I mean, they'll push it like it is, but there's no guarantee it will be. It's like a coin flip half the time, you know. So uh, problem is that uh, show. Other... That show was also that show was also handcuffed. And I'm not just talking right. about Cena Rock. You know what gets mm-hmm. lost in that is how handcuffed they were because of Edge. I, you know, you, you know, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If, if Del Rio could have won the title from Edge that night, it makes you wonder, and I'm not saying because Del Rio's a fucking megastar, whatever, and, oh, Del Rio would have been, but, like, at the end of the day, you would have gotten a major title change, okay? And that's what WrestleMania used to be about. It used to be about, you know, that's it, you know, you know, not a reset, but, you know, oh, we're going to get some, some title changes here, and, you know. It was supposed to be, WrestleMania was supposed to, at one point in time, WrestleMania was the end, but now it's just another pay-per-view, where something is, can happen at Mania, and then the show, the view continues after Mania, and it's like, what are we doing that's here? What it, it's, that's it's not, what it is, and then it's, also, it's, you, know what, yeah. you know what it is too now? It's the night before Raw after Mania. Right, right. It's, well, I, it that also hurts, like, too, because if NXT is a brand now, then that means these Raw after and SmackDown after these bigger shows won't have these big call-ups like they used to. So that's that's something that we don't have to worry about just yet. But I think that's we, something we, that fans... We haven't really had that. I mean, we didn't have that this year. No one really showed up. You know, you haven't yeah, yeah. had that in like a year, year or two. Which is fine, mm-hmm. but I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say you had Raw back in 1992, okay? WrestleMania 8, okay? Do you think, mm-hmm. use today's theory for Raw after Mania with what I'm about to say. I'll bet you 50 bucks to a dollar, the Ultimate Warrior would have returned at the Raw after Mania. And not at WrestleMania. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because yeah, that's, that's what fair. that show has become. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania well, is the uh, backdrop for... But... Mm. No. Well, for uh, the next discussion I have here is... I'm just going to talk very briefly uh, about John Morrison. So, earlier in the year, it had been leaked... Not really leaked, 
because um, many outlets were saying that uh, that Johnny, I'm going to call him Johnny Boy, because <laughs> he hates it when I call him that. I'm just going to call him Johnny Boy. Mm-hmm. So it had been leaked that Johnny Boy had signed with WWE, and um, you know then Johnny uh, wasn't really uh, openly acknowledging it, but he wasn't uh, denying well, it either. And then things, right? Then things calmed down a little bit, sort of. Right, you know. But re- mm-hmm. recently it was revealed that um, that Johnny signed. With WWE, and he'll be coming back. Yep. Um, first, let me just talk about Johnny's history and what he's been up to. To any fans who have been unfamiliar with him, so to those who don't remember, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was part of of the ECW brand with The Miz. Um, well, first he was part of Eminem with Molina yeah. and Joey Mercury, and then later after that, then he then he joined up with The Miz, and um, mm-hmm. he was the ECW champion. You know, shortly after the uh, the, you know, the Benoit tragedy. And then when he became a singles guy, um, you know, him and Miz were a great team. I, I, I like this team because at the time, Miz was a good talker, but he wasn't there in ring yet. And Johnny was a good worker, but he wasn't comfortable in the mic yet. Like, they yeah, were they, a really good tag team. They were because able they to pre- actually cover – they were able to cover, yeah, they cover. up, which was yeah. – which is, rare. Right. You know, when you That's get, what a tag team's supposed you know, okay, to be. I like, can the do tag A and B, right. and you right. can do D, C and D. And you know what? We're good. It's very rare. Very yeah, yeah. Rare that's what a that. tag team's. The, yeah, that's what a tag team is supposed to be. They're supposed to cover each other's weaknesses, and then, mm-hmm. you know, once they've teamed together for a certain amount of time, it's like you know the 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 presence of the other guy rubs off on the other person, like Tillman and Austin, yep. the Hollywood Blondes. You know, because Austin wasn't yep. much of a talker, and then Tillman nope. made him more of a talker. And, but and, Tillman and, uh, was nowhere near Austin. the in-ring guy that Austin was. Yeah, exactly. Austin was. Right, right, right. So it was it was good. So then um, Morrison became um, uh, kind of like of an intercontinental-level guy. Um, he got a big push towards the end. Everyone knows the story about, you know, him and Melina and all that. And uh, in the later 2010, uh, early 2011, you know, he was getting a good push. And uh, I remember when Miz was champion, mm-hmm. they had a really good uh, Falls Count Anywhere match for yep. the uh, WWE Championship. One of my favorite segments of all time involved John Morrison. Um, I've talked about Randy Orton before. To me, Randy Orton is at his best, not as a not as a face, not as a heel. He's at his best when he's a tweener, like when he's in the middle. There was this period, I've told this story before, in 2010, like during the spring, summer of 2010, Orton was like on fire as a tweener. This was like when Nexus was just running roughshod on everybody. Orton would like fight a member of Nexus like Justin Gabriel one week, but then the next week he'd fight like Evan Bourne and like hit like an RKO out of a shooting star press. And mm-hmm. the week after that, he'd fight like Wade Barrett. And then the week after that, he'd fight Sheamus. And then the week after that, he'd fight MVP. Like, as a tweener, Orton's, like, great. Yeah. And one of the one of the best segments that Orton ever did, I feel like this one segment did more for Orton than any of that IED stuff, events, than any of that Legend Killer yeah. stuff. Miz was, Miz was WWE champion. And I remember Morrison had a match. with He was going to have a match with Miz. This was, like, after um, – Miz cashed in on him. Miz had cashed in on Orton. On and Orton. Morrison yeah. was go- right, and, so, and Morrison was going to have a, a match with Miz. I believe it was it was around this time of year actually, because I believe they had like a match. It was like the first Raw of 2011, if I recall correctly, and it was like a it was like a backstage segment where uh, mm-hmm. it was uh, it was Truth, it was Truth, Morrison, and Orton, and then Orton walked up to Morrison and he said, um, he said, hey. 
good luck with your match with Miz, but I want you to know, if you beat him, I'm coming after you. And then Morrison looked at him and said, thanks, I trust you, Randy. And then Morrison was getting ready to leave, and then Randy stopped him, and he said, John, that's your first mistake. Don't trust me. <laughs> and then there was, like, this uncomfortable, mm-hmm. awkward silence, and then it just transitioned to the next segment. And I was like, I thought yeah. that was so cool because Randy was telling you straight up, like, don't trust me because he doesn't even trust himself. And, and that's I thought that was so cool. Stuff, to me, that's what's making the Orton stuff that he's doing now so good. Like, you know, Ricochet already doesn't trust him, which makes sense. And instead of Orton's not being typical, you know, babyface guy, no, it's okay, you can trust me, I'm not that guy anymore, I'm not going to, okay, blah, blah, blah. Orton's like, Orton is still fucking with him, which is, which is great. Right, like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care for the Orton IED stuff. Orton will just give him this look with the with, with like his eye, and it's like, oh shit, he's gonna he's gonna RK, and Ricochet's like, oh shit, he's gonna RKO me. Then Orton just walks out of the ring like, that's what, again, that's what. This is where like you know you say, oh, Randy should be gone from WWE. No, if he's gonna do stuff like this, he shouldn't be gone because who's who's yeah, yeah. there to give these guys a rub? As much as it pains me to say it. John Boy's a fucking liar. He turned out to be just as bad as Dwayne. You know? Oh, Cena? Oh, I'll never You're talking leave. about Cena? Yeah. So, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, but yeah. just hear me out. Just hear me out. You don't have Cena here to do this because you thought Cena would be that guy. It looked like for a while Cena was because Cena was working with all these different guys. You know, he he was. It's just and, what happened was WWE didn't pay off his work. Everything he did with that U.S. title was cool, but it was supposed to pay off with him finally putting over this new young guy, and, and that's not and what happened. And it ended up being Del Rio, yeah. Right, right. That's right. not John's and, fault, and that, but, that, you yeah. know. No, but you know what? No, 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 and I'm not saying that, but you you would think, oh, Cena would be that guy to do this. Okay, obviously I still not have the, the idea. Whole... Uh, I still have the idea. You know where I would go. You know, for me, I don't know. I mean, I saw him on SmackDown every week. You, you know, you know where I feel about this, because we're entering in, you know, the year's going to end soon. You know, put put the Intercontinental belt on Elias, and let's do Elias Cena Mania. Like, you've, you've done two segments in a row, two yeah. Manias in a row where Cena cock-walks yep. Elias. I don't think that was planned. I think it just happened to turn out that way. Yeah, and I the Intercontinental title that. Yeah. Right, right. Yep. And, no, and the Intercontinental title is the one. That, the, that there's a WrestleMania storyline with Cena in that IC title. I, I, it's yep, the one belt he never won. Have. Yeah, right, it's the you know, one thing and, he's and never then, done in that company. Yeah, you, no, you're right, 100% and, right. But, and you if know, you put the belt on Elias, it's like, no, this time you're not taking my moment. I'm taking yours. Right. And if you have right. Elias go out there at a big show at Mania and you haven't beat Cena, to me, I mean, I know there will be some people out there that will always hate him, but if, if, if you do Elias versus Cena for the Intercontinental title with Elias winning, to yeah, me, it fine. will really rectify all the stuff. Right. But that's fine for one night for one guy. But I'm talking about on a weekly basis. Cena's not here. So looking at that roster and take Roman and Brock and Rollins out of it, okay, who is that guy to do this? Chris, I'm sorry, but it, it's, it's Orton. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I get I that. Mean, I get that. I mean, you know, 
AJ's doing his part. You know, he's working with Humberto, and he's working with Ricochet. And while, like you said before, you know, it's okay for AJ what's, to go what's, over what's, What's going on with, with uh, what's going on with AJ is Vince is losing interest and like what's going on with AJ is AJ is working with people, but Vince is 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 the curse and and, and sorry fans. We'll, 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 no, I'm not talking Vince about AJ. Not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about AJ. Oh. I'm not talking about AJ. I'm talking about how AJ's using. Oh, okay. And apologies to no, fans. But the I'll way get you back said it, you said the second. problem with AJ is Vince is losing interest. No, that, what, what, no what's going on with AJ is. Vince is using AJ to work with guys to get them over, but it's the 50-50 thing where in Vince's mind, he has he wants a certain guy to get over, but then he does 50-50 booking, and then they don't get over because of the 50-50 booking, and then yeah, Vince is the like, oh, this guy's not over, and then we go to the next guy. The like, for instance, AJ just gave up with Cedric. Like, you had AJ versus Cedric, and then it was like they were trading victories back and forth, and so Cedric wasn't getting the reactions that – Vince liked, and it's like, well, that's because it's it's like a curse, sort of. It's like Vince says, I want this guy to get over, but someone's not going to get over if they keep losing each time. So it's like he lost interest in Cedric. Then they moved on to Ricochet, where Ricochet and AJ kept trading victories back and yeah, forth. Yeah, but Same R- thing Ricochet's happened. Ricochet's in a good spot. I, I, Ricochet's well, in a yeah, good spot. Yeah, he's better off. Well, that's because I'm he, not worried he, about he's Ricochet. in a better spot. Be- Ricochet's in a good spot because of his NXT be run about, and because of his tag team stuff. The one guy you got to worry about and I, I I would say after Monday, the report for now is bullshit. The one guy who I would be really worried about is Humberto. Well, he's another one because it's more 50-50 where he goes out there and he wins one match and then the next yeah, week he Humberto's loses and then he enough. wins. Yeah, but Humberto's, not good. Humberto's new enough that it won't hurt him just yet. Um, and... It's, you know, if if six months to a year, Humberto's still kind of into this spot that he's in, then you can't have him still go 50-50. But, you know, because he's new, um, because he's still kind of new, you can get him over um, with competitive matches and then the occasional um, upset upset win, you know. But eventually, you gotta you gotta commit. And and you know that's yeah, he's what, not committing. You know, he's not committing with the with the mid car guys. He didn't commit with Cedric. He didn't really fully commit. Well, that's with what, yeah, that's what they need to he's do. He's not committing. To... With the, right, and fans can see that. Fans can see. Well, fans, I mean, even casual I, fans I, I can tell when you're not being fully committed. Ricochet, I think Ricochet is fine. I, I, I'm not worried about Ricochet. Of the it's, of the three, the, he's the most well-off, but he still wasn't fully committing to him, and fans can see that. And when fans can tell that this is someone that you're not really fully committing, they don't react in a way. They can tell. It's like a, it's a 50-50 thing. It's, it's, it's Ziggler. It's why Ziggler is where he's at. It's why so many fans just don't care anymore. And though in his case, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he hasn't done himself any favors because Ziggler will go on social media and complain but then when push comes to shove, he'll sign I, I a contract. That's what it is. I think the fact that Ricochet is just whatever, you know, not whatever. But, right, right. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's, you know, he needs to, you know, um, he, he's doing his thing. And you know what? For Ricochet, that will pay off. You know, that, that will right. pay off soon. You know, I'm not worried about but, Ricochet. Um, I'm just worried about, 
who the next guy is going to – because look at it right now. You've got Orton and Ray um, – how do I say this the right way? Kind of in the top spots of, these, of this story, okay? I think that's pretty fair to say. So if Orton and Ray are the A, I would say Ricochet is clearly the B. The problem is who's going to be the three in all this? Is it going to be Humberto? Is there a chance for Cedric to, you know, come back into all this? You know, as long as him, his girlfriend, stay off Twitter and, you know, watch what they, whatever. Or is it going to be somebody else? And, and that's the problem. You know, it's, it's not so much – the problem isn't so much with Ray, Orton, and even Ricochet. And maybe I'm a little more confident and comfortable with Ricochet. It's the revolving door of who's with them in all this. You know, well, the problem really thing, also that you AJ, have is that you have a lot of talented guys, John, Cedric, but none of them have any established personalities like Humberto, Cedric, Buddy Murphy, all very talented guys. But the problem is is that they're all interchangeable because none of them really have any marketable gimmicks. None of them really have any established personalities. You can do AJ versus Humberto. You can do AJ versus Buddy. You can do AJ versus Cedric. They're going to be great matches, but, like, who are they really? Yeah. There's, you know, I well, mean, Ricochet stands out a start, little bit. Buddy's starting to show a little with this Alistair Black feud, and as much as I thought it was odd in the beginning, I was kind of, and they kind of started it Monday night, and I hope they keep going with it. They're giving Murphy mm. more of a chance to talk, and Murphy's coming off as, you know, the whole thing on SmackDown was he was the best-kept secret in the company. Nobody knew who he was, yet he was so good, you know, and he, you know, whatever. Now on Raw, he's coming off, and this is what he should be, as this arrogant heel. That I feel like they're so not. Ex- I feel like they're not capitalizing off the SmackDown stuff, though, because they kind of made him yeah, face the, pro- the whole Roman though, thing. Because, well, you can't because it's two different versions of the character. The version of Buddy Murphy that beat Daniel Bryan and had a great match with Roman was almost a Buddy Murphy that you could tell was maybe going to turn, was going to turn face, you know? So you, you, you know, it's two different versions. Plus you're, you've got Daniel Bryan in the middle of a a world title feud with the fiend. You know, you don't want to, even though Brian lost that Survivor Series, you don't want to bring up random losses for Brian right now because of the fact that, okay, well, wait, you know, let's say, let's say you're somebody who doesn't really know who Buddy Murphy is, or you're not sold on Murphy yet as a, whatever, a character, whatever. Okay. But you watch both shows. Now you hear this guy who, who the fuck is this guy? This guy beat Daniel Bryan. While, yes, you can get people to be like, holy shit, this guy beat Daniel Bryan. He must be good. You run the risk of getting, who the fuck is this guy? And why should I care about Daniel Bryan if he's losing to him? I think that's why you kind of got to stay away from the SmackDown stuff, you know, and just let him, let him just, this kind of fits him right now. It's just an odd pairing with him and Black. It's just, 
Yeah, I was and afraid that black would kind of become more of a meme. And and the problem is too. I mean, you see all these reports that Heyman's really high on both of them and wants to make them like you know cornerstones of the show in next year and make these. You're putting them against Heyman, each other. Heyman, right away. Heyman, Heyman deserves some of the blame too because from the people I've talked to, he's got a lot of creative say. It's, it's not as much as Vince as, oh, as yeah. you would think. Yeah, you know, you know, that's the one thing that's so. unfair. With the criticism of Raw, you know, all Vince, Vince, Vince. For as much praise for the good stuff that Heyman deserves, Heyman deserves to take, you know, some of the blame for the bad, you know, for the bad stuff too. It's I've, not I've just, said you know, this. I've said I've said this for years, and um, like Heyman's cool. I don't think Heyman is is overrated or anything. I think that with the roster he had with ECW and the original roster he had on SmackDown in 2002 and 2003, he knew how to use those particular rosters to their best ability. But just because he used those rosters to the best of his ability doesn't mean that he could use any roster, like people, people have always treated him as if like he's the kind of guy that he can. Roster, that's not the problem. This raw roster. But people, people paper, act like he can fix any roster because one of the things I remember yeah, but, about TNA was yeah, during that period the, when he was going to take over TNA. One of the first things he was going to do, I remember, he said if he took over TNA, he said he was, was going to make it about everybody youth, except like youth. Sting, yeah. Right, right, he was going to give it all think, the old yeah, folks. I'm like, like Sting, and that was it. Right, and then when you look at like what guys like Daniels and Kazarian would do, because not even the as like people forget, like people forget, like one thing you always talk about is you always talk about how people remember, um, you know, the broken stuff with Matt, but fans forget he was doing the big money Matt stuff, which was also entertaining. I feel like big, what gets big money lost was, what, I, I'm telling you, right, I, what, that's my favorite. As good as the broken and delete and all that stuff was, dude, go watch a big money Matt promo. Right, and one of the things that gets lost the about SCU is... The one with SCU the index card, is, where he doesn't say a word. Right, right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's awesome. what, what gets what, what gets lost the most about SCU is I see a lot of people that think like, uh, oh, Daniels and Kazarian haven't been doing anything other than SCU. And I'm like, did you guys that's forget the bad influence? When they were, when they were it, a yeah, team bad. in TNA, that was, that was yep. one of the best things going in that 2012 period when they were a bad influence. Yep. And even though the even though the Claire Lynch stuff was awful, like they were making those segments entertaining as hell. Yep. And then when they left TNA together and they went to Ring of Honor, you would think, oh well, they've been in TNA so long, they won't be able to work that Ring of Honor style while carrying over the same right. sense of humor. Nope, just as entertaining nope. there, you know. Yep. And, and those were two acts. If Heyman had his way, he would have cut them. And you know, I'm like. You know, so well, that was that was cut, a situation. I don't know if he would have cut Daniel. I think he was talking about cutting guys like Hogan, like all the Hogan guys that were brought in. He wants to get rid of Hogan. Yeah, he yeah. wants to get rid of Flair. I I don't know if Daniels and Kazarian and AJ were guys he was going to get rid of. You know, I yeah, I he, think he wouldn't he have got rid more of AJ, about, of course. Right. I think it was more about Hogan, Flair. I think you know what? Call me crazy. I think Angle would have even been in trouble. With I don't know if you know. Heyman would have kept mm-hmm. him around. You know, I, I think it was the guys like that. It wouldn't have been – because you got to think, who do you lump in with Daniels and Kazarian as far as age he, goes? He probably, he probably would have kept Angle because – He probably would have kept Angle because 
He probably would have kept Angle because I'm sure he wanted to do more with the wrestling machine ECW Angle, which we ne- we we got a taste of it. Well, to me, to me, early TNA Angle was basically ECW Angle, basically. You yeah. Know? But I, I know I know yeah, he wanted ma- to do with more the with Angle. And, with right, the mouthpiece right. and the sweatsuit, yeah, that was I'm here to. I'm here to kick ass. I'm here to angle. fuck shit yeah. up, Angle. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was that was the games are over. That was the com- yeah. That was like it's time to drop the comedy. It's time to kick the shit out of people. Oh, angle, yeah, which yeah, is actually that, one of my favorite that, angles. Yeah. You know. Yep. It's it's unfortunate. Yep. Well, probably Angle's best bit. He's, probably Angle's best though. days. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's a dork, but he's our dork. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's a dangerous oh, I, I totally, dork. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, okay. I totally got off kilter. Let me go ahead and finish the John Morrison thing. So, so he left. He left WWE in uh, in 2011. And um, to Morrison's credit, like like many other people, uh, you know, like like a Christian, uh, like like a Drew McIntyre or Drew Galloway or whoever, or he's one of those guys that left. And um, you know, he traveled the Indies. Not just that, but like he did a lot of other stuff. Like you know, he was doing like a, a lot of acting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he he he, he, he took like a lot of acting her. classes. Right, right. He he understood that one of the things that held him back was was his promo. Like the in ring and his look mm-hmm. was never the issue. He just he just couldn't cut a promo. My he big exposure yeah, to him what was uh, was when he was in Lucha Underground. When he was in Lucha Underground, I really liked his work as uh, Johnny Mundo. He turned heel. Uh, he had his own faction. It was uh, himself, PJ Black, Jack Evans, and Talia, which would eventually be his his wife in real life. I believe their name was uh, mm-hmm. Worldwide Underground, and um, they did this a lot of really good, entertaining segments of himself just working out, uh, just kind of being really condescending. He had a lot of great matches with uh, Prince Puma, as we know as Ricochet. Um, so that's definitely a match I'd like to see at some point. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's really improved a lot. Uh, he's improved a lot. I'm not saying he's you know Roddy Roddy Piper on the mic, but he's a lot better no, than, he's, than he's where he was. No, he's definitely he's not 2011 John Morrison. Right, right. He's different, you know. So, you know, after his Lucha stuff, you know, after the unfortunate way that Lucha Underground basically is just in developmental hell now, probably won't ever get a season, a new season. After that, um, you know, he just continued working. Yeah, pretty much. You know, so after that, he just continued traveling the Indies and just making, uh, you know, some stuff here and there. And uh, he made like a literally like a 30 second cameo on, on being the elite. And, I never took the cameo seriously because being the elite has cameos all the time. Just because someone makes a cameo doesn't mean they're going to be with the group. I would say a sign that someone's going to be involved. Not everybody understands that, though. Not everybody understands that, though. There are people right. that think, you know, oh, he's on BTE, you know, he's going. See, the, not the trick, everybody the trick understands was, that. The, the trick with being the elite is when you make consistent appearances. When you compete, when you appear consistently, that's a sign. Like when Jay Lethal, mm-hmm. the whole little funny thing of Jay Lethal, like when they kept tapping him on the shoulder and he would like would become Randy Savage, that was a sign. Yeah, but if you notice, like, once kind of AEW, once AEW formed, Lethal was gone from BT. Right, that's 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 the point I'm making. He consistently yeah. appeared and he consistently didn't appear. You know, so but yeah, so Morrison and Talia, they made like a cameo. I remember that. And, um, you know, I didn't think much of it, you know, because, like I said, like, they have cameos on, on the show all the time. But many fans thought that uh, that he was better off going elsewhere. And I can understand that mentality. Really, the big issue with WWE, and this isn't me sounding anti-WWE, I'm just being honest. The problem with WWE is 
WWE has this thing where people go there, and just over time, they're just another guy. Like, Bobby Lashley is just another guy. Drew McIntyre is just another guy. And both McIntyre and Lashley, they're just like John Morrison. They're dudes that were with WWE. They left. They went to the Indies. They improved their craft. They're back, and they're just another guy. The key is, and and Drew definitely falls in this category. I don't know about Lashley. You know what really hurt Drew? I know people don't even remember this. What really hurt Drew is that Drew, it's not that Drew's booking is bad or anything. Every time they're building something, and this is the fucked up part, he gets cock-blocked by Roman. Like, when I saw Survivor Series, I knew that Team Raw wasn't going to win. And I was like, you know, let Drew be eliminated by, like, Keith Lee or Champa or Matt Riddle. He got eliminated by Roman. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Still cop blocked by Roman, yeah, even in Survivor you know, you know, Series. You know what the thing is? You know what the thing is with with Drew, at least? And like I said, I don't know if you could do it with Lashley. You could still turn the switch on Drew tomorrow. And it would it would it would make sense and it would probably work. You yeah, know, yeah. That, that's that's how you gotta look at well, it. Like, the only reason okay, the only reason I was bring, the only reason I was bringing him up is I was just simply saying that guys no, like him, good, but it, Lashley, no, but you're and, right though. He and falls and in that category. Right. He left. Right, he did right. Other things. He, you know, and he came back. No, you're you're a hundred percent right for bringing him up. You you know mm-hmm. you are. It's it's though it's. I don't want to defend guys being like you said just. I, a, you know, guys in the crowd. I'm not trying to do that. My whole right. thing is, is that can you keep yourself? I don't want to say in a position, but I guess relevant or I don't know what the word. Here, is here's enough, what I though, think. I, I'm not, I'm not upset that John's going back. If they got you tomorrow, no, but just hear me out for a second. If they got behind you tomorrow, would it make sense? And would people be invested in it? I think of the two, I think Drew is that guy that if somehow, some way, let's say Ray would have beaten Brock at, at Survivor Series for the title. If they would have said Drew, Ray at, let's say, TLC, or even the Rumble, forget TLC, the Rumble, you could get, you could understand where that's going, and you could see a path where Drew might finally win the title. I don't well, think you could do that but, with Lashley. That's the difference. Like, and part of it's you as a town, and part of it is them as creative. It's well, can you with, get with, with, imp- with, plugged with Morrison, into something? Well, well, well Morrison, I'm sense. not upset. I'm not upset at him going to WWE, but I'm just seeing a lot of fans. They're just kind of like. They're not upset, but I'm seeing a lot of fans. I'm seeing two reactions. I'm seeing fans disappointed because they feel like he'll be better off elsewhere. And I'm seeing fans who aren't disappointed, but in WWE's current climate, they don't really see what he brings to the table. This is how I feel about it. Um, you got to see, see where Miz, Miz has gotten better. Miz has gotten better. Um, Miz's personal life is going great. Um, he's got a lot of stuff going on. He's got his, you know, his own TV show. He's with Maurice. He's, you know, got some kids now. That's awesome. But like, as far as an on-screen character is concerned, I hate to say it, Miz is peaked. He he's not going anywhere. This is probably one of the worst years I can recall for Miz 
on screen. He needs something to really sort of like get him going. And I think yeah, that he, now he, that Morrison he has might improved, get in this, he might have he might actually get get involved in this Brian Wyatt thing. That's what that's what's crazy maybe, about maybe, it. Like, maybe, maybe maybe they will. Well, now that Morrison you know, has improved, now that he's a much better talker. I'm not, and again, I'm not saying he's Roddy Piper, but he's he's better now. He can hold his own. I've seen it. Just like I know Lashley is better, they just don't give mm-hmm. him the opportunity to really to really show it. Now that Morrison's better now, um, I I feel that a eventual reunion I, I, with, with Miz will be cool. And and the ultimate end game here, the ultimate end game here is um, right now currently Talia is still with Impact and she's still their women's champion, I believe. But when her now. contract runs out, and I don't know exactly when her contract runs out, but when her, she, when her contract like runs out, okay, well, when her contract runs out, you know, if she could come to WWE, if we were to get this, if we were to get Miz and Morrison reunited with Maurice and Talia, like all as one big group as heels That's- on top of the tag division, those two could literally revive the tag division and you could focus it around them. But this is far off, of course. I'm talking like yeah. a year from now, not any time soon. Not even, well, is, yeah, you, you know you're talking at least into the summer. Cause I, she, right, right. Yeah, we're, like we're, we're, said, not, yeah, we're talking like summer 2020 at most here, you know. Yeah. But, um, there, and, and fans need to also remember, you know, because I was talking the other day that Morrison's 40. I mean, he's in great shape. Don't get me wrong, like, but he yeah. is 40. He's, but this is you know, not, and this is not 28, 29, 30 year old John Morrison. Right, right, I mean, listen, know. he could still go, he could still move, but you know, mm-hmm. eventually, and despite what RVD will tell you, eventually, father time catches up, and you're not jumping in as spry as you were. Right. And now, if it was up to me. Now, if it was up to me, what I would do is I would love to see the Johnny Mundo uh, type heel character he had um, mm-hmm. in, in NXT. And you know I would who like they would see... be great with? You know who they would be great with eventually? Because he's going to need somebody after, you know, this current thing, you know, obviously goes where it's obviously going to go. Put them with Zane. Yeah. That could work. Put them that could work. With Zane, you know, and you could have Zane. You could even have Zane be the mouthpiece. See, this is this is what I would have done um, if I was in charge. But you know, they can't do it right now because he's hurt anyway. I would put Johnny in NXT, and if if he was still in good shape, I would have um. Johnny, I mean, things are different now because obviously when Johnny Gargano comes back, he's going to continue to see it with Finn Balor. But assuming yeah. that never happened, I would have had, like, Gargano come out to cut a promo about, like, you know, I'm an NXT lifer. I'm not going to Raw. I'm not going to SmackDown. I'm going to be here forever. You know, basically the same stuff Ciampa says. Mm-hmm. And then you have him get interrupted by John Morrison. Hey, I want to talk about that. I want to spend two minutes on that when, when you're done with this. Because I've okay, seen that. So Okay, well, every, yeah, well, then, all the way, other than what Champa said and meant. But yeah, finish finish this up. Right, right. So this is what I would do. I would have um, I would have Morrison like um, you know, interrupt him and be like, "Hey, Johnny Gargano, I'm John Morrison." You know, and he'll get a big pop. And basically, you know, Johnny can be like, you know, I could have gone to the main roster, but I came to NXT because I heard NXT yeah, is gonna, the main yeah. roster. And, you yeah. know, you know. So you know, basically, just build him up as a face. You know, have John say all the right things. 
And then Gargano can be like, you know, I'm not used to someone interrupting me and not starting a fight. And then Johnny Mor- then Morrison can be like, yo, like, actually, I came out here to, you know, to challenge you because I heard that, you know, you're Mr. NXT and you're Mr. Who, Takeover. Who's the real and Johnny Wrestling or something? Who, right. Yeah. Who's, yeah, who's the real Johnny? There can only be one Johnny. And then Gargano's like, cool. Johnny Wrestling, And then you can build yeah. it up, like, right, and then you can build it up, like, for a Takeover match. You know, and, mm-hmm. and as you build up, you know, you have Gargano have his matches, and then you have Morrison have his matches, and, you know, like, and you just, you just, you strictly just build it as just, you know, face versus face, Johnny mm-hmm. versus Johnny. You keep it respectful. You keep it clean. Yep. And then finally, at TakeOver, you have their match. They go out there, and they have an amazing match like only they can have. There's a ref bump of some kind. And then you have Morrison, like, do a low blow. Something you yep. just wouldn't expect John Something, John yeah. Morrison to do. Tight, Something you yeah. wouldn't expect Morrison to do, you know. And yeah. then yeah, you know, yeah. and then you you have him you have him beat Johnny, and then the fans start booing, and then and then John Morrison can get the microphone, and he can cut the CM Punk promo where he can be like, "I never said I was a good guy. You guys just assumed yeah. I was because you guys thought I was the same John Morrison." And he can be like, "It's been nine years since I've been here." Surely you people didn't think that I was going to be the same way I was because the same way I yeah. was wasn't getting any higher. I had to yeah. change it up, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. That's, that that's good, how yeah. I would do it, you know. Yeah. But, you know, that's just – but they're probably just going to put him straight on SmackDown, which is fine because Miz is there anyway. So, you know, but um, but anyway, you can continue yeah, he, with what you were about to say. Yeah, I, I just want to real quick – it's funny you mentioned, the, the you know, not going to the main roster thing and – and, you know, Ciampa did that interview on Lillian Garcia's show and said he would, you know, he would retire if they wanted him to go to Raw SmackDown. And everyone took it as, oh, see, Ciampa thinks the main roster sucks. Oh, he would rather retire. Obviously, if that's how you react to that, you didn't listen to what Ciampa said. Ciampa said he, would, he wouldn't go because he knows where his body is at. Right. He can't handle that schedule. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't do it. Okay. He wouldn't that's be able to make it. Dif- right. That's a big difference from, oh, Chumpa thinks the main roster sucks. And he doesn't want to even go to Raw. He doesn't want to go to SmackDown. Yeah. Fuck out of here. You know, and that's, that, you know. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's the shit that's like, and I know it's, yeah. it's the IWC and it's social media and all that shit, but God damn it, that's the shit that fucking annoys the fuck out of me. You know, you like got, you know, the you only The IWC. only issue I have with that is there's no way in hell that you can be part of the WWE because NXT is still part of the WWE. So there's no way that these NXT superstars can just, honestly sit there and say so you're basically you're saying that you're content with never being at a wrestlemania or a SummerSlam well, or a rumble gonna, yeah but i don't think that's going to be the case anymore and i think survivor series proved it i don't think you're going to get six nxt matches on these shows but i think no now, what we're going to get is what we're going to get is we're going to get you're going to get what we're going to get john is we're, we're going to what we're going to get john is we're going to get what they were doing with ecw just with more effort put into it, you know, because when right. ECW was a the brand, match, the ECW yeah, the title, title match, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. You know, so there, there's oh, going to be you know, an occasional NXT match on NXT these main rosters. in the bank. Yeah, you know, you got right. you got to baby right. step it. You know, you got to baby step it, of course. But the difference mm. is between 
And this is another thing people forget. I keep hearing the ECW reference when it comes to, you know, NXT right now is ECW was never treated or looked at. It wasn't treated. It wasn't. It wasn't treated that way because it wasn't a. You know how Vince is. You know everyone knows this. Right. It wasn't a that's brand that he like, made. You know right, NXT and, and, is not right, a brand that he made point. either, but it's still under the WWE yeah, umbrella, so Vince will team. allow it. At the end of the day, the difference right. is okay. If Vince didn't want NXT, NXT wouldn't exist. Yeah, okay. the, the question let, 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 is the question the, the honest, big question okay? about NXT, the, the big question about NXT and this is another thing that's like we're far off here. Like this is something that potentially may or may not happen for like another 3 4 years. What would happen if one day like, you know, cuz let's be real here and I'm not, I'm not being negative. Like the ratings for Raw and SmackDown, Raw in particular, are getting smaller year after year after year. So and what NXT happens one off? day? What what happens if NXT one day starts to get more ratings than Raw and SmackDown? Because I don't think Vince could handle that. Because that's because I, I, he's a prideful person. But if something like that did happen, we're years off from it. Like that won't happen. If it did, like if it really did happen, we won't get that for like another. He will Four gut five years. the entire NXT roster, put it on Raw, right, and then right. pretty much everybody from just under Ricochet down would go to back to NXT. Would go to NXT and that right. would be NXT and then when, show. That's that's what he would do. Right. Because how many times right. did it that, when SmackDown was getting hot and SmackDown was getting good? You know, all of a sudden, they would oh, just take the guys, shake things up right. again with the draft, and here comes, yeah. you know, this one, that one. You know, look at 2010. Look at how bad. Take, take 2010 as the perfect example. Look at how bad SmackDown got gutted in 2010. They lost Jericho. They lost Edge. Um, who else? They they got crushed in that draft. You know, mm-hmm. and. You know, it was like, what the hell, you know? I mean, the good thing was you still had Taker. So you had that Kane, Taker, you know, Ray, you know, did Ray try to kill Undertaker storyline going? But if you look at the rest of what SmackDown was after that 2010 draft, SmackDown got fucking ass raped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's something that's we don't have Vince to worry about. Do. That's what Vince yeah, would that's- do. If it ever got, right, we don't got to worry about that for a while, point, though. If Raw did a 1.9 and NXT somehow did a 2.1, I guarantee you Adam Cole would be on fucking Raw the next the next fucking night. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Um, you know that's that's the I wanna, ultimate I wanna end game close, here. Uh, I want to close. We got like 10 minutes left, and I think we're gonna need about eight minutes of of, of it. I want to mm. go over what appears to be the final battle of 2018, 2019. I'm not talking about ROH, but I'm talking about <laughs> December 18th. No, I, I, I said oh that. God. I realized what I said, and That's I was like, hilarious. I don't mean that about ROH. It's going to be December 18th. Not this now, if I recall time. correctly... Doesn't isn't there isn't there going to be a, a dynamite that's going to be uncontested in one of the first weeks of January next next year? No. Well, so when is NXT coming back after the 18th? 
the first, I believe. I think this, I think Christmas night's going to be the recap and the awards, or the award. Maybe the awards are going to be January first, and then they're going to come back on the eighth. Maybe that's it. Okay, so they're not going to be on the twenty okay. fifth because that's Christmas, and then the first is going to be an awards show. I got to check my schedule because it's yeah. Seems, unless I misread, unless I misread something. I don't know what AEW is going to do, but it seemed like one of the Wednesdays they might be uncontested that night, but i got to check the schedules. You know, you can go on. Sorry. I haven't heard anything about AEW for Christmas night, um, but I, they are having their New Year's Day show. That's January 1st. That's the, uh, that's the anniversary show for, for AEW. But I want to talk about, okay. you know, December 18th because, I mean – Jesus Christ, could you have gotten any closer this week? 8.51 to 8.45, good good number for both shows. And they both beat yeah. the Laker game. Um, that that's was very on. good. That's very you good. Know? That's very yeah, good. And we're in December, too. We're in December because usually listen, this is when the interest like kind of wanes. Yeah, it's not a tie, but God damn it, it's, it's, it's almost close enough, you know? Um I mean, you're talking 6,000 views. That's crazy, you know. That's great. But December 18th, now, AEW has announced Chris Jericho against Jungle Boy. And NXT has announced Shayna Rhea Ripley. And the winner of the triple threat? Yes. Triple threat next mm-hmm. week? Yeah. It's going to be uh, Balor, Champa, which is Champa, and, uh, Balor, and Lee. Lee will face yep. Cole on that show. Here's my thing. I think NXT is positioned perfectly. They will, you know, they will progress next week to get to the show on the 18th. What I think AEW needs to do and now all of a sudden it's not a title match between Jericho and Jungle Boy. Um, as for Cody on Twitter today. Um, and I think it will be a mistake if they don't do this. Because I think they left potentially a lot on the table with SCU and the inner circle to eventually get to that Scorpio Sky match. Um, and then I also think they did Sky. He wasn't even on Dynamite this week. And he wrestled a random triple threat on Dark against, like, I don't even know who he wrestled against. It was like, wh- like what? Like, you know, you you need to have Jericho do something with the Lucha Express this week coming up. Well, what you I like to, to see something. is I like to see Luchasaurus against Jake Hager. We've yet to see Jake Hager's first match on AEW Dynamite. When yeah. uh, the Luchasaurus interrupted uh, the inner circle, he got in Jericho's face, but then Hager got in Luchasaurus's yeah. face, and it looked like they were about to brawl, and then nothing happened. See, I, and, so, and that's my point. Like, like I would use the Jericho Jungle Boy match to yeah to set that get up to Jericho Luchasaurus on either that one one show that that, that was the, the that one was the one show that, yeah because. Yeah, because we talked about but, that when we did our first review of uh, the first one. When we had NXT and AEW week one, when I watched that at the bar, like I said before, the two acts mm-hmm. that I kept hearing about, everybody said that they loved um, – shit, I forgot their names already. Um, they're on Raw. 
um, you know, the, they were the street NXT profits. Tag Champions. Yeah, everybody oh, loved profits. the Street Profits. Yeah, everybody loved the Street Profits. But the one thing I kept seeing on AEW, I kept seeing it on Twitter, and I saw it at the bar with my everybody there. Everybody said, hey, where's Luchasaurus? So many folks were asking about Luchasaurus, and I thought that was so cool that so many people knew who he was, and he hadn't even made his TV debut yet. And I'm like, that's money right there. When you got people asking, hey, who's this Luchasaurus guy? That's, yeah. that's a star right exactly. there. They, yeah, no, no, no. You know, but- Here's what they need to do. And they need to do something with Jericho and them this week. Because I'm sorry, if you go into that match cold, and I, I you know, I think that's going to be a huge mistake on the 18th. And but, it's non title. In knowing Jericho, Jericho will probably yeah. offer to put over Jungle Boy, whether or not Tony lets it happen is a whole other different animal since it's non-title. But I think, see, I thought there was so much potential with SCU and the inner circle to build to the Sky Jericho match. Like, you could have done SCU versus Pride and Powerful. You could have done a six-man with Jericho and Pride and Powerful against SCU. You could have done Jericho Daniels, Jericho Kazarian, and then have Sky make the save and that big face-off. And then, you know, in three, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was so much mm-hmm. they could have done. They just kind of jumped right into Jericho Sky, and then Jericho beat Sky, and then Sky's nowhere to be seen this week. What I that was was that was, just, this. that was that was just Jericho needs a title defense, and they just chose somebody, and they just chose Scorpio. That's what that yeah, was. Did you, did they could have did really more of that, though. Did Jericho really need a title defense? You, you know, it's not that he needed one. The show needed something. The done, show needed to yeah, have a title defense. That's what that was. Uh, I don't know. And and look, you lost in the ratings anyway with it. You know, like so. What did it really mm. do? I felt. You know what I'm saying? Like I just felt like they could have gotten there with so much more. You know, and I I, I want to see that with Lucha Express. I don't want to see just one promo, and then there's no interaction from them at all next week. And, you know, next thing you know, it's, okay, here's Jericho Jungle Boys, our main event on 1218. But to be fair, they've already had more interaction with the Lucha Express than they ever had with SEU. So I'm already more hopeful there. You know, they've already had well, the no, one. They, they've no, had two because segments. they had the promo. No, Scorpio and Jericho had, the pro, had a promo. I'm, I'm talking about the week before. Where I'm, I'm talking about the week yeah, before the week when before. Lucha Soros, yeah. Yeah, so they've already had two yeah, segments on two different shows, you know. So what you okay, can do here is see. you have Jericho fight Jungle Boy, and then you have Jericho beat Jungle Boy, and then you have Jericho then, come down and beat Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus comes out for the save. Yeah. He beats up everybody. He beats get, up Jericho. He beats up get, everybody except Hager. Yep, and then you can even have yeah, you know. Hager cost Luchasaurus the eventual match with Jericho. That's what you could do. Right. Like, it's right there. You you gotta use this to get you. If you do not have Jericho Luchasaurus on one one or one eight, that is a fucking lost well, opportunity. Well, you, well, you gotta is. get the Hager first. You gotta get the Hager first because he got in his face. No, they teased no, that no, match no, no, first. No, 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 no. Like I said, what let mean, Hager they teased that match. Cost, oh, okay. No, let him oh, okay, cost Luchasaurus the eventual match with Jericho, and there's your path to Hager Luchasaurus. 
Because wait, see, you're I, not thought, have I thought it was more of a. You can't have Haver thought, wrestle it was, the first time I, and, and lose to lose. Because he would have to lose. To, to I thought it was more of a you got to get through my muscle first to get to me kind of thing, you know? Nah, have have because you rather have hate. No, I I get that part, but you could also mm. have it be like my insurance policy paid off for me. You know what I'm saying? Like ah, you you okay. could do that if Hager had been with the company and been wrestling since day one. But the fact that Hager has not had a match yet. You can't, you can't, I don't want to say waste, because waste is obviously the wrong word, but Hager would have to lose that match. You're not going to have mm-hmm. all this weight for his first match to have him lose to Luchasaurus, whereas if you do Luchasaurus-Jericho and Hager cost Luchasaurus the match, in my opinion, there's more heat there, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. You know, you know, build the heat. What heat is there? So you would do Lucha Hager on a dynamite. Lucha would beat Hager. And then, you know, it just won't have the same heat. You know, and then for what? Lucha would have to get his hands on Hager eventually. And Lucha would have to get, you know, have to go over Hager. So you would have Lucha go 2-0 and o against Hager. I don't know if that really, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that really jives out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. You know, I, I think you're better off going, you know, if Hager screws Lucha, I think there's more heat behind that. That's just me. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, fans, for, uh, you know, listening in. And what we'll probably do is, uh, I like this every other week thing. What we'll do is, uh, since we'll skip, we should skip next week, and then we can return for the, uh, let me look at my calendar right here. We can return for the 20th. Oh, uh, we can return to the year end on 2020, yeah, we we the day of Skywalker. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, that, you can give I'm me going that on afternoon. That. I'm going that afternoon with my son. I'm going at 5 o'clock that, on the 20th. I'm actually not okay, going well, the night before for the, fir- for the first time. Since I saw Return of the Jedi with my parents, I am not seeing nice. a Star Wars movie the night before because the 19th is my birthday, but also my son wants to go see it. And I wasn't going to take him to like a 10 o'clock showing on the 19th. So we're going to go on the 20th after school. So, um, you know, so I, I will okay. see it on the 20th. Are you are you seeing it at all, or have you been watching like the Mandalorian or anything like that? Are you, are you gonna see? Are you gonna see it? No, I don't care about the movies. Uh, I'll check out the Mandalorian though. I've heard good things about it. Mandalorian's awesome. All right. Yeah. All right, we'll see you guys right, on the twentieth. All right. Yeah. All right. Later. Later. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Later.